interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 68 of Not a Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. Hi. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, and... my goodness. For some reason, that's the most creative one yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Josh. Hey, everybody. This week, we'll be looking at Wonder Woman Evolution, number one, Blue and Gold, number four, Suicide Squad, number nine, Nubia and the Amazons, number two, Green Lantern, number eight, Nightwing, 86, uh, Aquaman, The Becoming, number three, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number five, and Batman, 117. Of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. But before we get going with the show... Just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month. And thank you listeners too. Like, download, and share episodes. We get more listeners and can bring you more content. You can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot shows at notarobotpodcasts.com. So with that out of the way, let's get into some news. Guys, what's new with you? Man, honestly, there has not been a whole lot of new stuff going on with me this week that's for sure it's been kind of boring um on the personal side of things uh holly's stepmom just passed away so uh me and the boys are just chilling out here while she uh drove back up to st louis and um spending time with her family Mm -hmm. but other than that everything is same old same old yeah about the same in my neck of the woods too getting colder no snow yet, nothing to report, at least not here. Seems like every other part yeah. of the country's got it. Uh, yeah, same for me, nothing uh, nothing new. I hope that we don't get snow. I hate it. You get it pretty, pretty bad? Fan. Lots of snow, do you? In Georgia? No, we don't really get a whole lot of snow at all, but I come from Michigan, and... Uh, I mean, not only is that, like, up north, up north, but it's surrounded by lakes, so you get this shit called lake effect snow. I mean, we used to wake up all the time and have snow drifts that were, like, 10 feet wide and taller than our front door, like, just piled up against our front door because of the flat lands and just the cold winds blowing across the lakes. It, uh, it, it, It results in a lot of snow days, let me tell you. But other than that, that's that's about it, guys. Nice. I haven't gotten a chance to see if there was any important comic news or anything with everything that's been going on around here uh, with Holly. So anybody got anything? There was an announcement from Mr. Tom Taylor today. It's a small announcement. I think it was issue 89. Whatever issue of Nightwing comes out in February is the first part of a question number number of parts. Uh, for a Superman, Son of Kal-El, Nightwing crossover. Which I think we were all Nightwing. expecting at some point. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. He said drawn that by Bruno Redondo. Awesome. And I'm not sure if that was just that Nightwing issue. Or if it's for the entire crossover, even in the Superman book. Uh, I'm down for that either way. Bruno Redondo's amazing. 
Oh yeah, Redoubt was awesome. But I would assume that if there's a crossover and it's with Taylor, um, you know, it's it's just it's gonna follow the creative team that has that particular book. But either way, I am totally on board with that. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. And I mean, to be honest with you, they kind of forecasted that coming, you know, or at least a some kind of relationship between the two when they were asking Nightwing to look out for John. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about it, though. You guys want to just jump into these books fast as lightning? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, there was one more thing. I would rack my brain trying to remember. I remember when we started recording, I forgot. Multiverses. Finally got it. Oh, Yeah. Story. Which, dude, I watched that trailer. That was cool yeah, as hell. DC related, it's all Warner Brothers characters. I'm, I'm so meaning Shaggy, Super Saiyan Shaggy. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> I mean, have you ever wondered who would win a fight between Batman and Bugs Bunny? Well, now you can find out. And it would totally be Bugs Bunny. Batman's got all the money and gadgets and, and crime fighting skills. Bugs Bunny has the power of cartoon logic on his side. That trumps everything. Right. Like, he paints a hole on the floor, and all of a sudden, Batman's gone. Yeah. He just picks it right up, shakes it off, and puts it in his pocket. Nothing you can do. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that oh, one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. But, oh, yeah, that was it for me. Well, I know that we've all got a kind of a a hard out on this one, so you guys want to get rocking and rolling? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's let's get right into our lightning reviews. First up, we have Wonder Woman Evolution from Stephanie Phillips, Mike Hawthorne, Adriano De Benedetto, Jordi Valer, and Tom Napolitano. Um, pretty straightforward, honestly. It's just you know a mysterious figure in the background decides that humanity has evolved quite a bit, and it's time to test out their metal. And uh, uh, they decide that the best way to figure out if they're truly worthy of becoming something more or if they need to be wiped off the board is to test their greatest champion and that's uh that's wonder woman so um yeah that's that that's pretty much what is set up in this first issue we also get some you know fun action stuff from wonder woman herself fighting the silver swan but uh yeah that that was uh that was pretty much it i thought it was a a really cool start Mm -hmm. yeah it's it really beautifully drawn I think and it's an interesting story I'm curious to see where that's going to go definitely I mean definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this one yeah. my only question is is Silver Swan really the best choice to test Wonder Woman's medal but other than that yeah, um, yeah I like the art, the art the faces were off a little bit but this was a great story man I gave it an 8 out of 10 if it uh, got an 8.5 for me so I'm interested to see what they do next. No, I'll sound that 8.5 as well. Nice, nice. Next up, we have Blue and Gold, number four. Rob, take it away. All right, this is from writer Dan Jurgens with art by Ryan Sook on the present-day portion, Kevin McGuire on the Blue Beetle side, and Dan Jurgens and Norm Rapmond on the Booster Gold story, with colors from Ryan Sook throughout the issue and letters from Rob Lee. Blue and Gold are on a talk show discussing their new venture, but get into a debate about who saved who on their first mission together. After back and forth, one of these stream viewers shows up to the set to explain what really happened, and this is actually Guy Gardner who really saved both of them. 
despite how badly the show went and how embarrassed their agent is, the duo now have a lineup around the block full of people wanting help, including the alien queen that wants their heads. And guys, this is just so much fun. I don't want this book to end. It's going to be a shame for this one to end at eight issues. This one, not much happened, but it's, I think it was a good look into the friendship the two have. There's a gratuitous cameo from Guy Gardner. What's not to love? It's, it's Booster Gold and Blue Beetle with Dan Jurgens. It's a formula for the ages. 8.5 for me because <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a plot-centric story, but it was still a lot of fun. I mean, I get what you're saying, but for me, I mean, I'm, I'm just realizing that this is just just a fan service deal and it's just going to be silly because that's what we expect out of Blue and Gold. And to be honest with you, I mean, the premise is kind of cool, and I love the characters. I could never not love these guys teamed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Separate, I don't know, but uh, I it just it's kind of falling flat for me. You know, I mean, I might get a giggle or two out of it, but this one, I could only give it like a 7.25. Fair enough. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I definitely think it's a fun series. It's. Um, I mean, really has no relevance on anything, but I don't think it's. It's terrible, um, and I, I like the art for the most part. But um, I think for me at least, it'll probably be a much more enjoyable read um, in trade. I think just having the complete for sure, story yeah. and, and just being able to kind of read it all in one go will be a lot more entertaining for me. Um, but it's it's not bad. Just you know, it's it's not like really the most gripping story for me. So it got a seven point five. Right on. Well, I guess I will take Suicide Squad. Go for um, it. Mm-hmm. That was written by Robbie Thompson with art from Pensica Ferreira, uh, Soy Emmaolo with res- with Wes Abbott on lettering. And this is the same weird that we have been getting out of this book. Uh, the squad is breaking a prisoner out of the science cells under a lake on Oa. And the guy they rescue is there to make upgrades to the ship to avoid the incoming disaster. Then Thanagarians show up. Thanagarians, excuse me. And they blow up what I assume is the ship he was supposed to fix. I mean, Ambush Bug is funny. He's another character that you just can't help to love. Uh, he breaks the fourth wall just nonstop. I mean, way way more than Deadpool. And I don't know. I get, I get a kick out of his ass. But Major Force is a jerk, and Waller is trying to figure out how to survive. With a team like this, you know that the art is going to be fantastic, even when it's split up. But I don't know, man. It's a cool idea. I'm really not expecting much out of it. And I'm really not that into it. Seven out of ten. No, well, I'm a complete opposite. I'm still 100% into it. <laughs> I, I think the the team up dynamic that they have in this book is fantastic, and it's a lot I of agree. fun. Uh, some of the characters remain to be desired, but most of the characters I think are just fantastic. Culebrera, Cupelera. That that lady is always with Talon. <laughs> yeah, I I love her. She's awesome. Um, they're all great characters yeah. I'm not arguing that it's just the story super slow it's very creeping um, you can see everything that's coming from like a mile away Yeah. So, but that, that is mean, one it's... thing about it I appreciate because it, it 
I love the fact that it's traveling across other books and it's not a crossover it's just like hey we're over here and hey we're over there and you're right the the story is really slow but I'm just enjoying the ride as we go yeah I mean I I, I, I don't know I, I thought it was you know decently entertaining with some some pretty good artwork from Soy and Pensika and um Really I good. like that that uh, ambush bug is still part of the team, which is nice and just kind of doing his thing. Um, the walking and right, slow. He's like, oh right, you guys laugh. still don't think you're in a comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's not blowing me away or anything, but it's fun. It's it's a it's a fun and entertaining Suicide Squad book, and I think that that's you know pretty. Pretty nice to have every now and then. So this one got an eight out of ten for me. It was just, you know, was it, was it phenomenal? Not necessarily, but um, you know, it was it was still enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'm with you guys, and it sounds because I don't, I'm haven't done anything but agree with y'all. But uh, I I feel like it's it is like this fun and uh, little loose version of the Suicide Squad on a run, and that's cool. But it's also this super serious shit that's going on at the same time with Waller trying to run her at her wits end. That her second in command, the only person with her, is a traitor. I mean, it's it. There's a lot going on, and it's going on so slowly, and it's being done with a goofball team for the most part. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not gonna beat a dead horse. Lightning round. <laughs> Um, yeah, our, our final uh, final issue for this lightning round is Nubia and the Amazons number two. Uh, oh, you forgot that, Secret Files. Uh, I thought we weren't covering that. Oh, whoops. Okay. I yeah. missed that memo. My bad. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the same as everything else. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah. was pretty much my synopsis. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, All right, Nubia. <laughs> yeah, Nubia and the Amazons. That's uh, from Stephanie Williams and Vida Ayala with a script from Stephanie Williams. Uh, Aletha Martinez um, with inks from Mark Morales and Aletha Martinez. Colors from Emilio ooh, Lopez ooh. and letters from Becca Carey. Um, really just kind of continuing the mystery of the, um, um, the, the whatever it's called, that, that well that they have been talking about. I'm blanking on the name right now. I didn't put it in my you, Until you said, what is the name of that well? I was like, and, and then I forgot it. I think it's like the Wellspring of Souls or something like that. Something like, like that. that. Um, but yeah, she you know seeks counsel from the goddesses, and it's a lot more politicking and introduction to some of the newer Amazons that we met um, who emerged from the Wellspring of Souls and then sort of continuing a, a plot about you know, something emerging from the the gateway that they had been guarding for a while that was potentially um, possessing some of the Amazon. So it's it's some interesting stuff. I think it'll be cool to see how it plays out in the upcoming Trial of the Amazon storyline. Um, the art is good for the most part, but not really blowing me away. It's just kind of very standard house style of comic art, but I think the story is interesting enough that that's what's keeping me coming back so um this one got a 7.75 for me i I gave it the same score um i'm enjoying the hell out of wonder girl with yara right now uh i think this is better than that and that's even with your 
your house art, you know. I think this is a lot better than the regular WW. <laughs> um, it looks great. I think uh, the colors sell it real good. The dialogue is even better for the characters. I'm I'm enjoying the shit out of this one, but I gave this one a 7.75 as well. Um, I'll sound that again as well, 7.75. It's it's a solid journey so far, and I'm, I'm very curious to see where it's going to go. Very cool. Well, next we will transition into our regular reviews where we'll be going in a little bit more depth on some of the books. So first up, we have Green Lantern, number eight, and I'm going to let Rob take it away. I'm finally proud to talk about a Green Lantern book. (laughs) (laughs) All right. from writer Jeffrey Thorne with art by Chris Cross, not the jump kind, and Marco Santucci. With inks from Juan Castro, colors by Michael Atier, and letters by Rob Lee. John Stewart. Hey, hey, you got to tell me. You're not just a little bit disappointed that Criss Cross, the artist, is not Criss Cross, the, one of the rap guys? Honestly, every time I see that name, I picture the, the two brothers just sitting and drawing shit. <laughs> that <would be> so <laughs> I know it's not them, but like I, that's all I picture is like, these two kids just drawing shit. Uh, I, I'm a little disappointed. You're right. <laughs> anyway, John Stewart has ascended into potential godhood, new godhood, old god. No, uh, using his newfound power, he flies in to save Kilowog and Hanu from certain doom, and the planet they're on is being overrun by mind-controlled aliens. Lonar, the resident new god with the lanterns, is constantly telling John this is not a step on his journey, but John keeps pushing him off. He goes in for the save and rescues as many people as he can, and after making a giant construct to separate the mind-controlled from the not-mind-controlled, John is attacked by something out of Azrael's dreams. Lonar again pleads with John to see the real battle... No, Lonar again pleads with John to see is the real battle here with the people or through the portal where the mind-controlled are heading. John sighs and flies for the portal, making his way through. He sees more angel guys and one giant energy being with a, oh my god, somebody on what looks like a version of the Mobius chair says, actually, he's mine. And over on Oa, Joe is meeting Pea Fell about what's been found in the Guardian's investigation. Looking through all the records she could, she found various recordings of two guardians disagreeing with the rest many times over. Other recordings of the two together in secrets, they were also the duo that ran tests on Kelly's gauntlet and were Owen representatives for the United Planets. The male of the two guardians, Koyos, was also the one killed during the attack in issue one. He was also seen heading to Xerox, the planet of the clones. No, wait, that's, uh, sorry, the sorcerer's planet. Uh, the female, Nemosyne, however, went to Earth, and that's all that could be recovered. Joe heads out to meet with Simon and find he's getting bombarded by old lanterns to get into the armory. She lands and talks down the crowd, taking control of the situation and naming all lanterns citizens of Oa. Back at the Citadel, Peafel is making some headway on her investigation, finding evidence of Quartian Weapon Master's energy in Nemosyne's laboratory. Just then, Nemosini steps out and blasts Peafel unconscious, possibly dead. Before I get going, I that, that joke bombed, and I am so sorry. <laughs> I also feel like I made it before, so maybe that's why I bombed. So we're finally getting some substance from John's story. I'm happy with that. 
I think this is the first issue since they did this two halves thing that I've enjoyed the whole damn thing. I'm kind of over Evil Guardians though. I really hope there's a better twist besides Science or Krona, and maybe there's something else that is yet to be uncovered. Quardians, that's very interesting, but we'll see where it goes. So for the whole issue, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I'm happy where it's going right now, and I'm very into the future. Right, huh? I mean, I think the story's picking up pretty good. Uh, everything's tying together. I feel like it's been a seed that got planted forever ago with a, a certain lantern getting a ring that doesn't power off of the battery. You know what I mean? I mean, talk about perfect, right? Uh, it's it's badass. Uh, Kelly's gauntlet now working off the battery too, at least as far as we know. God, whatever the hell John is right now, the Ascended. <laughs> it's it's like we're watching an evolution of the entire core, and I hope it doesn't just disband it and everybody goes and does their own thing. Yeah, we've seen Love the issue, before. art, everything, 8.75 out of 10, man. Yeah, it was a, a, a solid issue all around. Um, series has been okay so far. Definitely had its low points, especially really those first four or five issues or so. It's been finding its footing a little bit more here and there. I thought this one was, was better. It's still not really grabbing me. Lord knows we've seen the Corona plot a million times. I, I don't really need to see it again. Um, uh, I don't know what you could possibly add that hasn't already been added before. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, it was, it, it, I think it was Probably the most interesting one they've had so far, um, which is encouraging. I'm hoping this is an upswing towards a you know better quality book. Um, so yeah, I, this one got an eight out of ten for me. Sweet. All right, next up we have Nightwing number eighty six. This is from Tom Taylor with art from Robbie Rodriguez uh, and. Colors from Adriana Lucas with letters from Wes Abbott. Um, as we left off on our last issue, the clock tower had been destroyed seemingly by the magistrate soldiers and Batgirls. Looks like they were dead, but um, you know, this is, uh, this is the Bat family we're talking about. They always find a way out. So Cass and staff are fine. They let Oracle know they're okay. and They're able to meet up with her later and Basically, they need to organize a plan to get to the magistrate um, skyship, basically, uh, to break in and shut down the system and make sure that Simon Sate is brought to justice, um, while also trying to get the upper hand on Seer as well. So they managed to take out a couple of peacekeepers, steal their uniforms, break onto the sky base, and... Uh, have some really cool fight scenes, but uh, unfortunately are not able to stop the Seer, which is, I mean, that was kind of a, a big part of their plan in addition to bringing Simon Saint to justice, which I thought was pretty funny. Kind of just failed there. Um, but they're able to bring Simon Saint to a, a certain degree of justice, as, as we'll find later uh, in our review of Batman, and uh, bring down the sky-based ship that has been hovering over Gotham City for the past couple months. Um... Seer still escapes, but don't worry, she'll be popping up back in Batgirls starting next month. 
Um, so yeah, this was, I think, a, a pretty solid conclusion to the arc overall. Uh, I thought the resolution was a little fast. I mean, they don't really have any difficulty in anything. They just kind of arrive in the base and shut it down with relative ease, which is like, I don't know. It, it felt it felt very almost anticlimactic in a sense, where it's just like you just sort of show up, do it, and leave, and have seemingly no problems with it. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, stellar artwork from Robbie Rodriguez, as usual, just really, really dynamic stuff. And um, I know Bruno Redondo is the main series artist, but I hope that, that Rodriguez can come back at, at periodic points. His stuff is really great. Um, and it just has such a great look for Gotham. So this one, despite some problems I had with the resolution, it still got an 8.5 for me. It, you know, it kind of is a book that always puts a smile on my face. When I finished reading it, um, uh, which I, I thought was cool, but I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to kind of notice a trope in certain Tom Taylor books that I, I hope doesn't stick. Um, but it, it kind of is making me want to re-examine some of this stuff, which is the, uh, I'm going to call it very lovingly, the I can do anything trope, which is basically you have a hero who is put in front of a problem. And normally you would have kind of a, a you know a, a real sit down of okay let me really think about a way to get out of this and sit down and, and try and analyze the best way to overcome this problem and, and I've noticed that with some of these some of the books that Tom does it's just like problems there nope I jumped over it like, got over it with relative ease like as playing a video game or something um, and I, I I hope that doesn't stick I I don't think it was a big problem in deceased but I'm definitely starting to notice it where problems are put in front of them and they just they don't really struggle with it. They just sort of kind of, I don't know, get over it really easily. So if that continues to linger, it may start to affect my score because it doesn't really feel, um, I don't know, it, it doesn't it doesn't really fit with how uh, any kind of hero's journey is supposed to work where there's, there's really no adversity. They kind of just address a problem, get through it, onto the next one. It's very systematic. It's not really genuine in any way, but... That, that's that's really the only note I had. Other than that, it was pretty enjoyable. So yeah, like I said, 8.5. Yeah, I, I feel, as, as far as tie-ins go, I think it was uh, well-made, well-connected, but it does feel like it flew by. And that's, that's probably echoed with what you said, with uh, the resolution was kind of quick, I believe you mentioned it was. Yeah. Um, I love the emotion in these characters. It, it's almost raw. Um, between Dick and Babs and Tim uh, hinting at Stephanie and Cass, what happened between the two of them, and just the, the emotion in uh, getting onto the ship and, and everything. I thought it was really well voiced, and the art is still fantastic. 8.5 for me still. I, I'm probably going to be keeping a lookout for that trope that you mentioned as well, because that that there's always been something that's bugged me but i love tom taylor as a writer and i love all his books but there has always been something that's been nagging at me like there's something about this that just feels a little off and maybe that's it yeah it's you know it, it yeah like because i, I, I kind of had to stop and think i was like well i know it's a superhero comic like, of course they're gonna find a way to get over it but i'm like they do that really easily like they just kind of they just show up and they're like, all right, let's go. Like, I'm ready to take this down and, and, uh, and seemingly have little to no problem dealing with it. And I was just like, that feels a little, feels a little cheap. But 
Um, hopefully it doesn't stick. We'll see. Um, I, hell, I, guys, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was a good story. It did kind of fly by quick. It, I think it was all right for me. I'm real curious what the hell is going to keep happening in Gotham. Um, but I loved it. It's a 8.75 out of me. All right, very cool. Should we move on to the next one? Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. But uh, I hate to do this, guys. I know there's only a couple of books left, but um, I'm feeling really sick to my stomach, and I'm going to have to bow out. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't feel so hot right now. So no sorry about that, guys, if you don't mind. I think I only had Batgirls there if somebody wouldn't mind summing that up for me. Yeah, we can do that, man. No worries. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. Feel better, man. Yeah, get better. Thanks. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, yeah. Next up, we have uh, Aquaman the Becoming, number three. So, uh, Rob, you want to take that away? Sure thing. Yeah, this is from writer Brandon Thomas, your namesake, in a way. Of course. With art by Scott Koblish, inks from Wade Von Graubadger. Always love that guy's name. Colors yeah. from Adriano <laughs> Lucas and Alex Guimares. I really hope I didn't butcher that. And letters from And World Design. So Jackson is no longer in the boat he passed out in, which is lucky since it's being swarmed by Atlantean soldiers. He tried to teleport to Justice League headquarters in D.C., but his teleporter was damaged in a fight during an escape from Atlantis, and where he ended up was back in Happy Harbor in the mountain base of the Justice League of America, complete with all the Easter eggs you can imagine. <laughs> the AI there greets him and shows him a healing ray, and once recovered, it warns him that Atlantean ships are headed for the base, but his teleporter is too damaged to jump that far, and he doesn't have time to fix it. Despite all that, he takes his chances to get it running enough for multiple small jumps, no matter how painful it might be, and he gets it working just as the soldiers break in, and he makes five quick jumps across the country to notable Justice League safe houses, finally stopping at the old Titans Tower in San Francisco, where he lands outside in the water. He drags himself to shore, just barely conscious, as, as he's being tailed by an Atlantean soldier in camo mode. He calls Howe and... Howe? Uh, I'm horrible with names today. Something like that. Howe, yeah. To tell yeah. him he's alright and find out any updates. And Howe found out from Mira that Jackson's mother had been captured and escaped. Before Jackson had time to process that, he's attacked by the soldier who, after he screams at them asking what they want with him, vows to tell him everything after they're done. The fight begins and they seem pretty evenly matched. And just as the soldier gets the upper hand, Jackson's mother arrives to stop the attack. Lucia gets Jackson free, but the soldier pesters on, claiming Lucia is more than Jackson knows, alluding she has Zabellian terrorist history. Jackson punches the soldier's helmet, and they take it off to reveal she's a woman. Jackson tries to talk her down, but she keeps telling Lucia to tell Jackson the truth. Lucia finally gives in and reveals this soldier is actually Jackson's sister Delilah. I'm gonna say what? it. We called it again, though honestly, <laughs> I feel like this one was telegraphed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm so, so curious as to what this Aquaman event is going to be about because so far the two lead-ins have wildly different stories it's it's just a bunch of question marks really I, that makes me super excited as an Aquaman fan yeah I wonder yeah. I mean I, I assume 
you know, maybe it will be some kind of um, event, you know, tied around um, whatever, whatever, whatever Black Manta is working towards, and, and hopefully the resolution of this will be, you know, Jackson embracing the Aquaman title uh, alongside Arthur, and I think that'll be really cool, and mm -hmm. maybe bringing those two things together in a big climactic way will be really cool, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see where Aquaman is going as well. Um, this this series has been really cool so far, um, and just uh, just kind of setting up a, a real set of uh, of adversity for Jackson and kind of pushing him to his limit and really testing him out and seeing if he has what it takes to be the Aquaman. And, mm -hmm. and um, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's so where he's been put through the ringer pretty hard. Now a ringer that. I think Arthur has also gone through it a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next he'll have to lose his hand and grow out his hair a little bit, and he'll be <laughs> right there. Yeah, and then just don't go on a vision quest and get tattoos on your chest, because that story was <laughs> yeah, weird. Please, I, I loved that don't. whole run, but that chapter was just awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. This 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 story though, that this this issue, this whole run is just boasting fresh art that I think is great to look at. I'm loving it. Uh, 8.5 for me is just solid so far. I, I love yeah. Jackson. Yeah, no, this this one got an 8.25 for me, and I think it's just it's it's just a really genuinely gripping and engaging and interesting story so far. Of just watching Jackson pushed to his limits, but trying to you know brave his way through it at every time. So um, I think it's I think it's really great. Uh, speaking of someone who has to kind of push his way through, uh, that leads into our next book, which is uh, next and and uh, I don't know why I don't know why I like lost my mind for a second. Uh, our next book, uh, Superman, Son of Kal El, number five, uh, also brought to us by Tom Taylor with art from John Timms, colors from Hi-Fi, letters from Dave Sharp. Um, not a large issue, I think just more of a of a resolution issue, but I, I also think, um, and I, I, I know, I, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, but I know I just sort of criticized uh, the, the Tom Taylor trope for the, you know, a superhero who can do everything, but I think it, it kind of works a little bit better in this case, just because you have a scene... Um, and I'm, I'm being a little obtuse about it, but you have a scene where John is sort of freaking out about his powers and it feels like it's overloaded and he is able to go back to Gamora and save the man who had been on fire, we'd saved before, who had been re-kidnapped by the people of Gamora and taken to Central City uh, where he meets up with Wally West, again, very nice cameo, um, and, and sort of leaves him and is sort of flying all around the world basically to try and save as many people as he can and you know, you sort of pro see him progressively become more and more haggard and, and tired. And I think this was, this was the point where it kind of worked for me, where it was like, you know, John is someone who's really trying to live up to the Superman legacy, save everyone he possibly can. But, you know, what happens when your senses are dialed to 11 and you're, you're almost like losing control? And we see that happen where John... John leaves a bridge in the middle of traffic <laughs> and uh, in, the, in, in the midst of that tries to save a man who's about to be hit by a truck and breaks his arm in the process mm -hmm. of doing it because the impact is, is so incredibly strong that he doesn't even realize the power that um, he was carrying while he was trying to save that man. And so stopping by Jay's apartment, 
you know, he's just like, I need to rest. I, I look sick. I feel sick. Uh, John Timms drew me looking like gray. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely not in the, in the best shape. Um, and that's when uh, he decides that the best thing to do right now, Jay at least, is you just need to calm down and relax and get some rest. Um, and he does and, and sleeps for nine hours, which is something I wish I could have. Uh, especially this week, but um, thankfully he's feeling a lot better, seemingly looks a lot better, and, um, you know, realizes that, kind of has this really tender moment where he realizes that Jay cares a lot about him, and uh, and, and the, the two uh, do something that uh, made the internet lose their goddamn minds, <laughs> so I'll let you read the issue yeah. and figure it out. That's going to sound a lot more like suggestive than a minute to. It's, it's very innocent, I promise. Yeah. I'll just spoil it. I'm sure you've seen the images by now, but they share a, a brief kiss, which I thought was really sweet, um, you know, because John has this moment where he's like, someone, someone other than my parents and the Titans and Damien and everyone else really cares about me and wants to make sure that I'm okay, and, and that was really sweet, but... John almost has like a almost like a um, like a, a borderline SNL moment where they have this really tender moment and then he's just like oh I gotta go see ya <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a like a kiss and dive um, yeah. and uh, you know seemingly heads off um, <clears throat> to uh, to address uh, the fact that he left the bridge in the middle of the road and, and save the problem or fix the problem before uh, anyone gets in trouble. Um, but yeah, their issue sort of ends there and, and seemingly will uh, be resolved when John has a, a future, excuse me, a future uh, res- future showdown as the next issue is titled uh, with President Bendix. But um, in terms of this issue, I gave it an 8.25 out of 10 because I thought it was just a kind of a another great issue that really showed John's personality, how much he's really trying to live up to that legacy of Superman and save as much as he can, but he still has his flaws, he's not perfect, he's still, you know, especially given the the gas that he was exposed to, still succumbs to weaknesses and everything, but is is trying his best and has the people that are are, um, are looking out for him, which I thought was, was really nice to see. And um, Yeah, I, I mean, I know there are going to be some people that are certainly going to comment um, on some of the stuff in this issue, but, you know, you, you just kind of have to block that stuff out. It's it's not worth the discourse, honestly. Like, th- this issue, I think, is does a, a fairly good job and, and has kind of been building towards it of just, you know, showing a very natural relationship and, um, and, and you know, really, really just trying to, to show that you know, John has people in his life that are, are are important to him outside of his family and his other costume friends, and he's really building this this network, and um, it's it's nice, I think. So, yeah, I, like I said, I gave it an eight point two five. I I think this one, the, the the depictions of a hero here worked a little bit better for me than than Nightwing. Um, how did you feel, Rob? Now, before I get into how I really feel, the the hero side of this it was brilliant. The the superpowers. I, how the last issue ended, I was really excited to see how they were going to play that out with John getting that massive power boost because it's something we've seen Clark go through more than a few times, I think, mm-hmm. and every time has been a bit of a growing point in terms of his power set control, 
and to see John go through this so early in his own Superman career is just fantastic and it just puts him in a whole new level from here on out as for my true feelings when this was first announced I did tweet out on my personal account how much of an impact it has on me because if you take away the superpowers his journey with Jay minus also the activism down to the age they're at was exactly my story when I realized yeah I was 17 years old and I had that that same breakthrough in my life and so when this was announced I just saw myself in that issue and it's to me it's brilliant Mm -hmm. but beyond that I also appreciate that this coming out for John is not the focus of the issue because that's a big thing for me I'm a huge advocate for LGBT rights I've been bisexual my whole life only realized for half my life so far but I still feel that if we're going to get this to a point where things can be more accepted and out there in the open it doesn't have to be a big spectacle because for all of us in the community it's just a part of our lives it's our everyday life it's just how we live and if you make the story simple like that John's bisexual it's just who he is now and just you're not forcing it it's just flowing naturally and that's how it should be yeah absolutely right it's not um... tom taylor got ahead of the news with it so it became a big spectacle because of that because he knew and he did say this he knew that it was going to leak and it was going to get out there and he wanted to get ahead of that and i appreciate Mm -hmm. that but the actual issue he didn't force it it wasn't a big spectacle it was in like the the second last page and it was just a simple panel and that's brilliant yeah and um I, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to speak for anyone in the community not being, um, you know, a part of the, the LGBTQIA um, spectrum myself, but um, <clears throat> I, I do think that, um, at the very least, my interpretation is someone who, you know, really tries to look at, at story and form and how that progresses, how characters interact and that sort of thing. Um, I'm not pretentious, I swear. Um, um, <laughs> I know it sounds like I am. Um, no, I, I, I think what, the job. Yes, of course. Um, no, I, I think what this series has, has done really well so far is you know show that that John and Jay have had kind of a progressing relationship. Like yeah, they had the first initial encounter, and you know John sort of realized how nice it would be to have a friend in his life that he needs uh, and somebody he's comfortable around, and then you know, slowly but surely becomes more comfortable around him. I mean, we have that whole issue of him just meeting the Kent's family, which I thought, like, I mean, I'm usually pretty bad at subtext, but even I could tell, like, this feels like I'm introducing my my boyfriend to my parents. Um, It definitely had those vibes. But, um, yeah, I just, I feel like it's been very natural. And uh, it sounds like Rob's dog agrees with me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's been doing a pretty pretty good job of sort of like um, building towards it, which I, I think is good. So it, I, I agree entirely with what you said. It didn't feel like it was forced or anything. It was not like you know this big like soapbox speech or anything. Not that those are the worst things, but it, it wasn't like you know a big dramatic Macbeth type scene. It was very like natural. Like John realizes he cares about someone. They have a tender moment. Um, and then he has to piece the fuck out because he made a mess. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. it's it's nice. It's very nice. And yeah, it's the most awkward way to end a pseudo date. Oh, by the way, I left a bridge in the middle of the street. I'll uh, be right back. They must have just felt so shitty after that. I know, I know. That's the part of the issue that that we're not gonna see is is him like, oh crap. Yeah. Was that was it too awkward? Is that why he totally just made up that thing about the bridge and yeah. then he'll fly by Jay's apartment with a bridge and anyway. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I think it was a, a a good issue, even if it didn't really move the plot forward. It's just it kind of more like character focused issue with John and, and, and I like that mm-hmm. uh, if um, I didn't give my score 9 out of 10 for me uh, excellent yeah idea. yeah um, then I guess we will move on to our final book uh, for this week and um, I, uh, I I don't know if this is going to stay in the show so I, I, I'll just say it Josh if you're feeling better I assume you're going to edit this maybe um, but Josh is feeling a little under the weather uh, at the moment and had to duck out in the middle of the show, so I will be taking over his review of Batgirls, uh, while Rob will be giving us the main uh, the main story, summary of the main story, um, before we head to our top three and our biggest stinker for the week. Um, so yeah, Rob, take it away. Now, if I, I do have an, a thought about this, considering there's only one book left, also considering what book it is, I'm going to say we're about halfway through the show. Uh, do you want to do a quick commercial break? Because also I can uh, really use the washroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, dude. I'll yeah. be right uh, So, yes, uh, we will be right back after this. Uh, stay tuned, everyone. Right, start with that. Yeah, no problem. Oh, good timing. <laughs> Shut up, Rocco. <laughs>
All right, sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. All right, are we good to go? I am good to go. All right. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Hope that wasn't too terrible. Uh, no, that was wrong. And we're back. <laughs> Hope that wasn't too terrible. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Um, closing out our books for this week, we have Batman 117. Uh, Rob is going to catch us up on the main story. And as I said, um, Josh is not here with us at the moment. So I will be filling in for Batgirls um, as we move on throughout the rest of uh, the show. So, uh, Rob, you want to get us started? Alright, so this is the last issue of the main Batman series featuring writer James Tynion IV with art by the amazing Jorge Jimenez. Colors from Tobin uh, Mori. Some, some champagne. Oh, we made yes. it! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't cheering, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh. Depends how you take the issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the colors from Tom Mori and letters from Clayton Cowles. So once again, Simon Saint is losing his shit. It seems like the last, I don't know, five appearances, that's all he's been doing. And he's spent so much money on this program, he doesn't understand why a man in a suit can't be killed. Of course, that's your first reaction. I spent millions on this. Why isn't it working? <laughs> Just then... Scanners picked up seismic activity throughout the city, and buildings are starting to collapse. And before Simon can do anything, the Batfam, seen in Nightwing, arrive to end his operation. Now underground, Batman is fighting Sean Mahoney in a brutal brawl, while Miracle Molly works on the fear bomb. The Scarecrow is near convincing her to use the bomb to complete the Insanity Collective's goal. And Ivy's eaten. Ivy is literally facing herself. No mirrors needed. Unsure of what's going on. Harley gives her a brief explanation and pleads with her to just become one again. They do, and Ivy is once again whole. Her first act is to save the city, using her plants to spread pheromones to counter the fear toxin. She then saves the little girl from the Insanity Collective and swiftly kisses Harley Quinn for the first time in god knows how long. I'm just happy. <laughs> Back to the fight, Sean is getting the upper hand, but Batman uses his belt as brass knuckles, which is just fucking brilliant giving one big hit to the back of the head, knocking Sean out. Catching his breath, he asks Molly if she's disarmed the bomb, and she says, not quite. She's rewired it so the fear toxin is disabled, and it will use its original purpose. In an effort to talk her down, Batman plugs her into his cowl so she can see what he does, a city with newfound hope. The magistrate finished, a mayor apologizing for his choices, and a bat signal in the sky again. Roos removes his cowl and talks to her one-on-one, -on -one, explaining how he believes in the human capacity for good. And Molly breaks down, drops the remote, and goes in for a hug. We finally reach the end. Thank fucking goodness. Yeah. Uh, this, I, I didn't think about this when I was first writing it. But I thought about it during this recording. We, okay. This issue is a series of events moments that as moments I think are great uh, Molly and Bruce having the hug uh, Harley and Ivy together again you have that belt punch from Batman which was something out of mm -hmm. Dragon Ball it was amazing <laughs> like, there's a lot it's a series of moments that are awesome but mm -hmm. as a whole it's just bloody what the fuck this is an yeah. end 
this is the I last know, chapter. Hopefully, Fear State Omega has a better epilogue, but the solicitation I read does not fill me with hope. It looks to be... I'll be honest, right now, I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking that this really has nothing to do with Fear State. It has nothing to do with the story, so what the hell is going on? I think it had something to do with either Ivy or Ghostmaker. Yeah, I think I think it's literally just like wrapping up any loose ends before yeah. we move on to the Batman Incorporated stuff next mm-hmm. uh, next month. Which is just... It, it it ended as the event lived, kind of lackluster. Yeah. What's yeah. the um? What's the T. S. Eliot quote? Uh, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. This is the yeah. way the story ends, the way Fear State ends, not with a bang, but a ew, like just a slow like petering out before yeah. you're done. Um. So, uh, yeah, just very, very, very lackluster. Suspiciously absent, I noticed the whole issue was Mister Wise. Yes, yeah. Is he, is he alive really still? Weird. I don't well, know. Even Ghostmaker wasn't there, but... Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Wise had a big thing going on, and it really looked like he was going to have something in the background, but apparently not. He wasn't even in the final chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so many opportunities. But, you know, it, it's good for tying into the long run. It's just bad for the Batman fans right now. But yeah, we, we have the future to look forward to, at least. It's, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, we had, uh, we had quite the discussion on our, our Slack channel. And uh, uh, jo- uh, shame Josh isn't here. I'm sure he would have a lot of uh, choice words to say. Mm, um, I was looking but, forward to that patented Josh yeah, rant. Yeah, no, I think uh, 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 Rob and I are a little, a little bit more... Uh, soft-spoken I think Josh was really ready to pop off so um, if he gets a chance um, I'm sure he'd like to to share his thoughts at some point Um, but yeah no I I mean I really felt the same way it was just uh, it's a very lackluster very small ending and I think maybe I was a little harsh on the issue when I first read it because I I think I, I literally was like was that the end are you serious and so I I walked away giving the main story a five out of ten um, which honestly might be the lowest I've ever given a score. I don't even remember. Um, and, uh, and and I think I've relaxed that a little bit. Looking back, I would probably give it maybe a 6, 6.5. Um, but I, I think the the biggest thing about Fear State is is really just how much of a, of a disappointment it will be. Um, I, I still think that there is something really interesting about the idea of... Um, uh, this scarecrow plot to shock the city into an evolution using fear. Like, I think that's a really cool idea, and it feels like sort of this grandiose plot that, that Scarecrow would like to implement one day, but, I mean, the way it was just executed was so scattered and, and crazy. It just it never really lived up to that potential, which was a shame. And, uh, and once again, Rob's dog is co-signing me. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, no, it was just, uh, just a, a really a disappointing ending, and um, I, I don't know, like, it, it'll be hard to look back on this run and, and sort of go through it again and think about the high points and the low points without having, having that sort of sour opinion on how it ends, but I think at some point maybe I'll do a retrospective on the, the whole time and run. Because I, I feel like there are probably points where I could look back and say that was really good, or that I really liked that, and then you know some points through it was just kind of disappointing. But we'll have to see. But yeah, I'd probably give it a. a I'm I'm feeling a bit more generous today, so I give it a, a six point five. 
I, I initially scored it at a 5.5, and as soon as I finished typing that number, in the back of my mind, I was like, but Jorge's art. And I, I just oh, so I excellent. didn't feel like changing it this time, because every time, every issue throughout the entire Fear State run, it was beginning progressively worse, my scores beginning progressively lower, I always back it up with Jorge's art, save the issue a little bit, but I just, I'm tired of saying that. It's fantastic yeah. art, but it just it doesn't save it for me anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. Jorge, you can tell he's really drawing his heart out, and, and I hope that he gets to draw more Batman in the future, because you can tell he's just absolutely so passionate about bringing a craft to the book, but mm-hmm. it's a shame that the story just isn't, isn't there to match. Yeah. Now, I do wonder if Tynion didn't get that Substack contract... <laughs> this story probably would have ended completely differently. You probably had a much larger story at hand. I, I, I can imagine because this this definitely seems like this is the end of that fear um, that future state saga. So the magistrate's yeah, I, done. How do I, they bring yeah. that back now? Yeah, no, I, I I wondered that too. And I mean, especially with what we're getting, you know, next month with Batman Incorporated, um, it just feels like kind of a very like last minute heel turn of okay we're we're pivoting we need to come up with something to end this um and and i even i remember you know i, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of joker war but even i remember one of the stories in in the like joker war war zone the one shot they put out was you know there's like this tease essentially of this big um kind of battle between Joker and Bane that they seem to be alluding towards where Joker was really upset that Bane had sort of um, traumatized Batman, but not enough, not in the way that Joker would prefer. And he was like, one day I'm going to get my revenge. And I wondered, you know, is that, was that maybe A-Day? But then we find out that A-Day wasn't Joker, like it was someone else. Um, so I, I was still kind of, you know, waiting for that. Like, is, is this ever going to happen? Are they ever going to address that? And seemingly no, unless, you know, Josh Williamson has plans to address that. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely feels like there are a couple things that are just kind of um, that, that kind of got rushed. Because I mean, even I don't want to harp on it too much, but um, I even felt like the the Poison Ivy subplot of wanting to you know shake down Gotham City was going to be a bigger storyline. Um, but no, I guess I guess not. They just kind of resolve it by the end of this arc. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully Fear State Omega has some substance we can look back on and be happy about. There, there, I think there was another epilogue issue I was reading. Oh, I think there's an annual. Yeah, I think that's dealing more with the Ghostmaker stuff. Oh, yeah, so yeah we'll, the Ghostmaker backup. Right? <laughs> we'll see how that, that I ends up. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, as did <laughs> most everyone, I'm sure. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. But um, as for this ending, it was less than stellar. Uh, is the nice way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to our backup story, which is um, something that I was considerably a lot more excited about, was Batgirls, and that's from Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art from Jorge Corona and colors from Sarah Stern. Letters from Becca Carey, and that's the whole package. Uh, story's pretty straightforward, honestly, but uh, a surprising amount of fun. The Batgirls presumed to be dead after the the uh, clock tower 
had been destroyed, um, <clears throat> and seemingly after they had um, helped uh, Babs and Dick and Tim take down the Magistrate Skybase, are forced to camp out in a crappy motel for like three days um, and are not happy about it. Steph in particular is not happy about it as she's bored out of her wits. Um, Babs checks in periodically to make sure they're okay, not to do anything stupid, um, but really it's just to make sure that Seer is, is not getting any attention on them while the heat dies down um, in the search for the Batgirls. But uh, Steph is like, I can't take it anymore, decides to go on the balcony for a bit, and that's when Seer and uh, one of their you know little drones is able to, to identify the Batgirls and hack into a, the television screen I don't know how you were able to do that because this looks like one of those old like CRT televisions and that seemingly would have no like Wi-Fi connection. So I don't, I was like, what the fuck? How do you do that? Um, but yeah, the, thankfully, um, Steph with her quick thinking chucks the TV out of the window and is definitely going to have to pay for that in the bill. Uh, well, Babs probably will anyway. Um, and uh, fortunately are able to start packing up and, and head out of the crappy motel. Um, but Seer is still out there, and uh, and they need to get to the bottom of that case as, as quickly as they can, um, because no matter how much they run, they will not be able to hide from the unblinking eye of the Seer, as he says himself in the end. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I think this one was um, a lot more fun than the main story. It's smaller, certainly a lot more contained to the Batgirls, but... Um, it just, you know, the last three backups have been really, you know, fun and, and zany and interesting and has me really excited for the upcoming Batgirl series. And I'm so glad this creative team is sticking around because I think it's perfect for it. And um, I, I'm a sucker for, for any Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Kane content we can get our hands on. So uh, I, was, I was already kind of going into this with some bias. Um, but I, I think this is, is like some really cool setup for the future of the Batgirls, and uh, I'm excited for what comes next. So this one got an 8 out of 10 for me. It was just really, really fun stuff. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I gave it a 7.75 only because the art was a little jagged for me, but mm -hmm. I still really enjoyed it. And yeah. the story has me very interested in the main book that we have coming out. Uh, if you remember, there, there was a bit where Barb first showed up at the hotel room and Steph asked if she was going to crash with them and do you remember what she said? She said she was going to crash with or no rather she has been past tense has been crashing with Dick wink wink yes she has yeah uh, oh my lord <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well you know they they had that passionate little kiss in, uh, in Nightwing so you have oh, to yeah. figure the things are back on mm-hmm which where where the hell is she like is she in Bluehaven now I guess crashing with him probably does he have a, he have a place yeah. in Gotham again like that's that's yeah probably such a I mean, journey just to go back and forth I don't know <laughs> well I, I, my guess is um, you know when they took down the Sky Base uh, Dick and Babs went back to Bloodhaven you know in a very romantic ride off. Uh, Steph and Cass had to shack up in a motel, and Tim disappeared, uh, as, he as he does, is, is want to do. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I did notice that, and I thought I thought that was it was very funny, mm -hmm. and and the face she has when she makes that comment, uh, priceless, <laughs> yeah. 
like I, I, we know what's going on. Oh yeah, she knows exactly yeah, yeah. what she's saying. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, Stephen Castle, these two make a great duo. I, I'm super excited for the main series, and I'm sure the art will grow on me. Uh, so 7.75 with a grand total for the book as a whole, 6.5. Just feels so weird to say for a Batman book, especially the yeah. last issue of a writer's run. Yeah, yeah, it's, in the it's past unfortunate. Been so good. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It really is. Um, I uh, did not do the math on mine, um, so I, I think mine would probably be around like a seven ish or so. I think like a, a seven, seven and point two five or so. So I'm gonna say that's my score, seven point two five. Uh, just know that the the backup is significantly carrying the main story, yeah. which I just really felt was lackluster. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you think? Are we are we ready to transition to our top three picks for the week? I I think we're about there. We we have just just passed the hour mark. So yeah, yeah, we're good to go. Yeah, I um, I guess I'll get started. Um, at number three, I had Wonder Woman Evolution. Number one, I thought this was just kind of a fun and exciting start. Um, at number two, I had Nightwing eighty six. Um, even if I had some problems with some of the tropes in there. I, I still, you know, it's it's a Nightwing book, and and like I said, my bias is always going to show. I, I've been, um, I've not been secret about that, um, so I still enjoyed it. And uh, but my number one pick for this week was actually something that we did not cover. Uh, it was the sixth and final issue for now until March of the Nice House on the Lake. Uh, this series has just been amazing since I mean really I would say since issue one but really for me has just been incredible since the third issue where it was like oh my god you know I really connected with it and and I felt like I really cared about these characters um and (coughs) excuse me um I think I think I definitely noticed that in this book where you know even when it started with you know kind of the flashback of um, the main characters in their high school years, I was just like, oh my god, I really like feel a, a connection with these people. And so not only has it only been six issues, but, um, you know, it feels like we, there's still so much we don't know, but I still feel such a, a kinship with them. And so I, I ended up rating that a 9 out of 10, but it was absolutely my favorite book this week, which I found to be hilarious because, well, I, I guess I'll get into that later, but the author of The Nice House in the Lake is, of course, James Tynan. Fourth, um, who did uh, a not so great issue uh, this week, and, and that's all I'll say before we get into our next segment. But uh, Rob, how about you? Yeah, we're going to have some fun talks about our our biggest stinker <laughs> as well. Uh, so for my number three, I actually have four or five books in the running for the third spot, which I thought was oh, wild. Geez. And I picked one that I didn't have to actually write anything about, and that was Suicide Squad. It's the only nice. one out of the, the lot that I, I didn't have to physically write stuff down, and I just... It's just, to me, it's so much fun. It's it's an interesting book. It's almost almost an experiment of a book where, as Josh pointed out, there's there's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of seriousness, and I just, I honestly love the tour they take across the DC universe and jumping into different books, but it's not a crossover. It's just mm-hmm. wild. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I will say this. I, I do kind of like that they have been really eager to expand the cast and, and play around with them. It's not just 
you know, the standard Suicide Squad that we've seen, you know, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, you know, those guys. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, new characters like Kulet Kulabra, or like, I don't remember the name, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Match, um, uh, Black Siren, who's, you know, from Earth 3, really cool stuff like that. So I, I do admire that. Ambush Bug, of course. Oh, yeah, I gotta have Ambush yeah. Bug. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, so number two, I had Son of Kal-El for basically all the reasons I voiced earlier. It, this issue just personally means a lot to me, and I think it, it's it's well really well done. It's great. And all the haters can go fuck themselves. <laughs> and uh, number one, I also had Nice House in the Lake. It's just been a wild run. It's yeah. so good. Uh, yeah, I'm also feeling somewhat of a kinship with some of these characters, like you said. It's, it's, it's just fucking insane every issue takes a twist you don't see coming it really does and and the you know fan theories and speculation on on what these characters are actually going through and and um, whether the world has actually ended which we they sort of address in this issue is just it's wild and it's 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 a lot of fun yeah and and just how this one ended is just yeah was like no oh. um, I don't want to spoil it but I really want to ask you did, did, did this happen the way I think it happened did <laughs> it is it okay without spoiling anything for the listeners unless you've read it are they going to make it seem like he's been there all along oh, I, I don't know but <laughs> that seems to be that definitely seems to be kind yeah, of now, implication yeah, he's he crashing is, with the painter I know and, oh. and oh, it, well, just like that whole thing of I, I, again, I don't want to go into spoilers, or maybe yeah. we should just whatever say fuck it. Um, no, I, I don't want to do that. No, um, but next yeah, time. just yeah, yeah, just it's, just sort of yeah. getting to that that ending and just realizing what had happened to our main characters, where you know, seemingly oh, I feel like I'm giving it away, but seemingly <laughs> they they don't even realize what had happened to them. Yeah. Just blew my mind, and how that's going to get resolved in the next six issues, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, and, and it leaves me very excited. So. And, and how yeah. they get to this kind of future area where everything is on fire, most of them are bandaged yeah, and missing a limb. And just, it's fucking insane. I know, I know. And um, what, what I loved about is this a 12 issue run? It is sense? a 12 issue run. Okay, so yeah. they have those symbols on the cover, and each each issue has a different symbol highlighted depending on the, the focus of the issue, which character mm-hmm. is going to be focusing on that issue, right? And this mm-hmm. issue, they had the mystery character no spoilers folks just go out and fucking buy the book yes and yes. his symbol was shoved in as the 11th symbol and it was blank yeah and wasn't that cool yeah, that was very cool i loved it yeah and just making me think uh, so there's we did five so there's five people left to have a focus on with with leaves a 12th issue and do you think that 12th issue or maybe the seventh issue when we come back in march is gonna have a focus on walter I was thinking the exact same thing, so um, we're on like the same wavelength right now. Um, where I think, however, it is resolved once we get to uh, the end, the twelfth issue, it's going to have this, you know, big, possibly big issue that really digs into to Walter. And I'm, I'm thinking that'll be our you know, mysterious twelfth issue where all the symbols have kind of been covered at that point. Um, but yeah, it's it's phenomenal stuff, absolutely phenomenal stuff. Uh, which is is wonderful to hear, but uh, a bit disappointing 
in that we will be moving on to our, our segment, our next segment, which is, uh, as I'm sure you all are aware, a segment that is considerably less positive. Wait, before we uh, get to that, best moment. Oh, of course. Um, if you have Wow, Christ, I, I sort of have to choose. There were, there there were a couple were a of ones that I, I really <laughs> loved, but um, it, it, was, it was a little tough for me because I, I was really between um, a, a number of books, actually. Nightwing, Aquaman, Superman, Son of Kal-El, Wonder Woman Evolution, um, all just had these really great moments, Nice House in the Lake. But I think my heart kind of set on Superman, Son of Kal-El, um, and it, it really wasn't any particular moment. It was just, I mean, really just those three, four pages of just, you know, Superman. Like, I need to be here. I need to be here. I need to be in Brazil and saving this little girl. Like, I just, I need to keep going. And it just, I was like, I was so hooked in that moment um, where he's like, you know, I, I, I won't stop. I have to keep going just to, just to make sure um, I'm moving and I'm, I'm getting there and saving the people. Um, and it was it was like you know fast, but it was really effective. Um, and and John Tim's art was was excellent there. And if you read the issue, you'll you'll sort of know what I talk I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite such moment? A good run. Uh, oh, yeah. For me, again, yeah, there's so many good moments this week to pick from. And oddly enough, I did mention a lot of moments in a particular issue. I'm picking from Batman, oddly enough. Only because I've been waiting so <laughs> damn long, years it feels, for this to happen again. That's Ivy getting put together again, saving the city, and embracing Harley Quinn. And yeah, big to old me it's like, just, it's, splash page kiss, basically. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, and they've been building up to it for years, it feels. So to finally have that happen is just wonderful. So that's my favorite yeah. moment. Absolutely. Um, all right, now we have to go to the part that is considerably less fun. Yeah. Um, a part where we cover a book that we really, really just didn't like. Um, and that is, of course, The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. And I, if I had to take a guess, if I was a, a gambling <laughs> man, I would say that um, both Rob, actually all three of us, I'd imagine, the, the absent Josh, uh, probably have the, the same book in our biggest stinker segment. Yep. Um, so I know for me at least, mine could be none other than Batman 117, which is disappointing to say, but there it is. Rob, how about you? You are on the money. And <laughs> suffice it to say, I, I don't think you were here the last time we were, we covered a Batman, but Josh and I had Batman and our biggest stinker that time mm. as well. And it just hurts to put him there. Yeah, it does. But I do have an addendum because I went back and looked at my scores after I finished all my my writing, and I realized Batman's actually, if you factor in the backup, it's not my lowest score. Oh, interesting. And my lowest score goes to Secret Files The Gardener, which is also, I'm going to throw that in there, as a tied biggest stinker. Because that one was just like, uh, it's it's more of the same as what we mentioned yeah, before. It was very much yeah. kind of a formula type of thing of yeah. all the secret files books we've gotten so far, and mm-hmm. um, that's some, some interesting great, parts. Yeah, and yeah. and some truly gorgeous artwork from from Christian Ward, who who I love, but um, it's a shame that the story is just you know, very much like Batman. The yeah. story is just not there. It, it was one 
pretty much so far the only secret files I was really looking forward to because I was really into this character and, and where she came from and her origins. Yeah. And it, half the issue was spent giving us history lessons on things we already knew about. <laughs> pretty much. So <laughs> like, it's interesting to see her history tied in with, with notable plant-based characters throughout the DC Universe like Floronic Man and Swamp Thing and obviously Poison Ivy, but yeah, it, it was just, we, we already know all this shit. Yeah, no, it's it's really nothing. Yeah, new. give us more substance on the character. There was a, a hint at the end of the issue that there will be more, and maybe there's something wrong with Ivy, and maybe that's going to lead into Fear State Omega. But we'll see. But for now, it's my biggest stinker, along with Batman. Maybe she's the problem. She's in both books. Oh my god! Whoa. <laughs> well, so is Batman. So maybe he's Damn. the problem. Yeah, maybe 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 Batman is the. And maybe Batman is, is something, something's up with Batman. I mean, um, Batman's also in Justice League. We don't even cover that anymore. Maybe exactly. we're on to something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Kill Bruce, <laughs> only Robins from now on. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the, the plan moving forward, where, where yeah. Bruce is just kind of going to be going on his globe-trotting adventures mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> while the rest of the Bat family handles their stuff in Gotham. So we'll we'll see where it goes from here which if i may honorable mention best moments might be my second favorite also from batman was that <laughs> splash page of of the entire bat fam on the rooftop just watching the bat signal it was just yeah, nice that, to that see. was cool yeah yeah they all made it even jace yeah. was there that even was jace was there because yeah. nobody knows even he though he yet. like literally did not interact with the family at all <laughs> no yeah and he's um, he's kind of at the back, so pretty much everybody, yeah. no one's going to notice this second Batman just standing there, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, that covers it for our biggest stinker. I don't believe we have anything particularly that we want to add to the dump list. Was there anything that you maybe wanted to take off the dump list from this week? Uh, from this week? Let me just double check. I don't believe there was. yeah. Uh, JLD is is nearing an end. Yes, I uh, we I, I suppose I I had kind of talked about this in our Slack channel that um, it just felt weird to cover JLD. I I just I, I couldn't do it anymore. Not because I didn't like the story, but because it's just it's a weird book to talk about. Because yeah. for as interesting as a story it, as it is, there's really no way I can promote it. Because yeah. that is sort of predicated on you going out and actually buying the rest of the issue, which you, you know, if you're someone who's enjoying JLD, you probably don't want to read the rest of the issue. Um, so, uh, unless you also really like Justice League, which you're perfectly entitled to, but I was not the biggest fan, so it's it's not really something we're covering anymore. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of sort of a weird book to promote. So, I I think Rob brought up an interesting point, which is that we are. Uh, a couple weeks out from the annual that is coming up, and that is um, that that is a, a Justice League Dark standalone issue, um, which I think will be easier to talk about on a full review than just a, a brief mention, um, as we don't promote the rest of the book. So mm-hmm. um, we'll be covering that when that comes out. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And anything else to add? Uh, not, honestly, I, I wish we could cover Nice House in the Lake more because I would love to talk to you guys on a, on a full podcast about it. But, yeah, but it, well, we... it just makes more sense in the, the dump list, I think, which oh, yeah. is a shame. No, I, it's I, I totally understand. No, we, we have our 
big anniversary issue coming up soon. So, or anniversary issue, anniversary episode right. coming yeah, up soon. Um, yep. Or, I'm not anniversary. I'm on drugs. Um, our seventy <laughs> fifth episode will be coming up soon, and and hopefully we'll have some surprises there um, in regards to what we want to do so maybe we can have a, a discussion slash speculation section about nice house and lake we'll have to see but with all that being said that was our show everybody thanks for listening we'll be here talking comics next week and we hope you'll stop by uh, remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people with that there's only one way that we say goodbye around here until next time be good to each other and don't be a robot. I'm gonna go, 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 I'm g